want me to self-quarantine? Guess what? I'm already a hermit with terrible anxiety, so it doesn't matter to me. I'm staying home regardless. Doesn't affect me. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. I am Jonas Nordman, and I, I don't know, man. This is a weird show. Uh, let's get some business off the top. Let, let me just let you know I am recording and I am posting this on a Wednesday as opposed to the usual Thursdays. That will be what it's going to be probably for the foreseeable future. just want to let you know that. Set those reminders, uh, much like you did over the weekend for when the clock sprung forward. Set a reminder every Wednesday now that the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program has also sprung forward to the middle of the week. It's hump day. And, and why am I doing this? Uh, really to fit in around what should be one of the most wonderful times of the year in the sports calendar, and especially for a college basketball fan. It is March. The madness is here more ways than one, if I do say so. And obviously the tournament games start on a Thursday. KU will be playing tomorrow in the Big 12 tournament. And I figured you really probably don't want to listen to this podcast. I'd rather get it posted, do a little preview, do a little reaction. Next week we'll talk about Selection Sunday and how the bracket has shaken out, how it looks, the potential path for Kansas. So Wednesday for the foreseeable future certainly through the end of this month. And from there, once the offseason hits, pray for me. No, I'm just kidding. I've got some ideas. We've got some plans. But we do have a guest today, and I'm really excited about it. It was a really good interview. Went a little bit long, so my time talking with you will be a little bit short, shorter, which may be a good thing. You may be appreciating that. I brought in my good friend, Mike Snow. Who is that? Well, what I've done here is because I'm such a good company man, I've gone, I guess, not really cross-platform, right? I've gone cross-streams, conferences. Uh, Mike works, and he works on the show, the Believe in Big Ten Bets show, here on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals, by the way. And I, I brought him on, so talked about the national perspective on this Kansas team. I wanted to do a little bit of a Big Ten preview, because that's probably the best depth conference in the nation they probably will get the most teams into the tournament on selection sunday so get an idea before you fill out your bracket uh, and then i wanted to get his take also on creighton who's a really good three-point shooting team and mike does live in omaha so who better to go to than the guy who lives in that exact city so mike snow will be coming up here in the middle of this episode i really really did not want to talk about the coronavirus, COVID-19. That's what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to make a pithy comment. I wanted to make light of the fact that if you just say COVID-19, it sort of sounds like the song, Come on, Eileen, COVID-19. But I can't. I'm recording this on the Wednesday, and all the news is breaking right now. I wanted to leave this to the experts. I wanted to just come on air and rip on the all Big 12 teams, Yudoka Azabuki is your Big 12 player of the year. I guess he'll get his number retired, like I questioned last week. That's awesome. Big Doke, Devon Dotson, first team, all Big 12. Ochai Ogbaji, honorable mention. Marcus Garrett is third team, and that's what I was going to get into. Christian Brown is on the all-freshman team, and Marcus Garrett did, in fact, win defensive player of the year in the conference. Scott Drew won coach of the year. 
but that's not the story right now. Because just about, I guess it was an hour ago from when I am recording this here on Wednesday, the NCAA, they announced only essential personnel, a select number of tickets, and zero fans will be going to NCAA March Madness games. It's unprecedented, is unheard of. I cannot politicize this because I'm not a jerk. And anyone who's going, oh, this is just uh, lamestream media, left-wing hypocrisy and, and hype, it's a health issue and go shoot yourself into the sun, okay? Like, it, it's better to have people be safe than to be watching teenagers play basketball for no pay. And look, this, if the NCAA, who lives by the mantra, cash rules everything around me, cream. If they are keeping fans out and you don't get the concessions and it's going to probably affect their product, if they are the ones laying down the hammer and saying no fans at our games, I think it's a big deal. So that's, that's all I got to say about the politicizing of it. It's a health issue, and it's unfortunate. But they're doing it overseas. It's happening in Northern California. It seems like it's probably the correct decision to go. It is. I, I'm, I, why would I question keeping people safe, right? I can't. I'd look like a jerk. So how will it affect the basketball games? Who, I guess at the end of the day, really cares? But this is a basketball show. So I'm going to take a basketball aspect to this whole thing. And I'll keep it brief, like I said, because Mike Snow is just around the corner. But if you're going to listen to the Believe in ba- Jayhawks basketball program, I got to take it from the angle of what's going to happen on the court. So no fans. Super weird. KU is angling and, from what we understand, is in perfect line to be the overall number one seed. It doesn't even matter what happens tomorrow when they begin Big 12 tournament play. Oh, yeah. I guess I have buried the lead on that one also. Just before I hit the record on this, bang, 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 alerts on my phone, Twitter's going crazy. Big 12 tournament starting tomorrow. No fans, no spirit squads. So it's, it's starting to trickle down. I think it was also, what was the other tournament that's happening at? Was it the Big 10? Yeah, Big 10 and Big 12. No fans in the arenas beginning Thursday due to COVID-19. I can't make light of it. So KU will likely get the number one overall seed. And of course, what are the benefits of being a one seed, let alone the overall number one seed? Generally, it's regional bias. You get to go a little bit closer to home. And as Mike illustrates perfectly in just a little bit when we get to his interview, the very first location that Kansas was going to go to was Omaha, where they've been before. It's close to Lawrence, close enough, and to the fan base. And they were going to swarm and overtake that arena with a ton of fan support. So now the arena will be empty. KU will have the benefit of lesser, fewer, lesser. I always get the the rule wrong. uh, Fewer, lesser drive time and travel time. They'll be in the same time zone, whereas whoever they play and who else is in their region will presumably have traveled in as well, make it a little bit tougher. But you don't have that swarm, that swell of fan support lifting you to victory. Their parents will be there and family, which I'll get to a little bit later. Secret weapon, actually, if you didn't know. 
So that'll that'll be unfortunate. You don't get that that sea of crimson and blue in, in the crowd at Omaha, and then either at Houston or Indianapolis, wherever they're going to play. Uh, my initial thought when this news broke is that oh my god, they're going to play Final Four games in the regional in Indianapolis in a huge empty football stadium. Uh, about a hour or so ago, they did announce they're looking to hopefully move those Final Four games in the regional in Indianapolis out of football stadiums into smaller venues, which makes more than sense but in terms of this team's mental fortitude and how they are going to handle this whole situation this is actually a pretty good team that's pretty well equipped for this curveball if you will a kansas team that just went undefeated in big 12 road play in fact in true road games this year they're 11 and 1 with their only loss coming in their very first true road game of the year at Villanova, a game that Villanova hit a last-second shot just to beat KU. So this is a strong-willed team when they go on the road. In fact, they went to the Maui Invitational. They went half a world away from Lawrence, Kansas, and they won a pretty tough tournament against a good BYU team and then a really good Dayton team that's looking like they're probably going to be the fourth number one seed in all likelihood. So this is a team when they say business trip, they get on an airplane and they go somewhere else. They take care of business. They don't necessarily need that home crowd behind them. In fact, they're more than comfortable. They have one loss on their home court this year, right to Baylor. And I mentioned it. They do have the secret weapon. They're only going to have family there. Well, they do have some very vocal parents. I know Lisa Brown, or I think her, First name's Lisa. Christian Brown's mother is very active on Twitter, so she'll be there. Jalen Wilson, who didn't play a minute this year, she's very uh, vocal. Ugh, excuse me. My mouth got a virus. Spit it out, Jonas. But Miss Wilson, very active on Twitter. She'll be there. She'll be loud. My dear close personal friends, Dana and Angie Dotson, Devon's parents, they'll be there. And then the secret weapon? Well, that would be Mama Garrett, Marcus Garrett's mom. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the game at Baylor. Marcus Garrett had just hit some shot. You hear Dan Schulman talking in the, in the foreground, and you hear Mama Garrett going crazy. <laughs> I think they might be fine, actually. I don't think any other fan base is going to have someone of the passion of Mrs. Garrett, Ms. Garrett, Marcus's mom. You never know. <laughs> Good for her. I hope she brings that energy to the tournament because the team's going to need it. It's not going to have fans. It's unfortunate. Hopefully everyone is staying safe, but hey, let's get to the guest, right? Here's Mike Snow. This is a guest that I have been champing at the bit, champing at the bit, excuse me, to bring in essentially since this show started. Uh, this is a guy I met first, God, what was it? Like 2014, I think, the winter of 2014. Six, seven years ago. Yeah, six, seven years ago in Palm Springs, California, at the California Winter League. All these <laughs> years later, we've circled all the way back around. It is Mike Snow. We are doing some Believe Synergy here, baby. He is on the Believe in Big Ten 
Betts Show, along with his co-host, Ben Stevens. Right, Ben Stevens? That's the one, yep. He, they call him the snowblower. Why? Because all he does is blow out cold, hard facts, baby. Mike, <laughs> welcome in to the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. It's been too long, man. You and I sort of talk here and there over online, but it's good to hear from you. How, how you doing? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I remember our days back in Palm Springs at the Hair of the Dog drinking Flaming Dr. Peppers. I do remember uh, that. So, yeah, I remember all those, those good times. But, yeah, it's good to uh, get back in touch with you. Shoot, man. You know what? This is so random. Like, this isn't because I, had, I was going to bring you on, but for whatever reason this weekend, I was at brunch, as people do, right? And they, every brunch place does a bottomless mimosa type of situation. And, and I immediately, anytime I hear bottomless mimosa, oh, I, I yeah. flash back to our fateful Sunday, right? Well, championship Sunday uh, for the yep. AFC and NFC title games. Yeah, that was uh, kind of a, a mess of a day. I, it was the game where the Chiefs blew it, right? The Colts came back from down however many um, it was. But, yeah, that was – we just drank about three bottles of champagne apiece. It was, it was kind of a, a rough next day for us. But no, yeah, that I, was, uh, if I remember correctly, I thought that was Broncos beating the Patriots, right? Because our friend Sean was such a diehard Seahawks fan, and that was the Super Bowl where the Seahawks annihilated the Broncos, right? Was that what was, I know the Super Bowl was that, yeah, because we were all watching it. That was our one day off down there. We exactly. were watching it. It was just a terrible, terrible game. Yeah, exactly. But Sean had a good time. Uh, shout out, Sean. All right, that's not why I brought you on, believe it or not, <laughs> from reminiscing. But we'll, we'll have time for that, I guess, perhaps at the end. It is Mike Snow. You can catch him on Twitter at Mike R. Snow. It's easy to figure out, easy to spell, it's, as you would imagine. So let's start at the top. Mike is, and you're an alum, right, of NU? Yep, I yep, am. So Cornhusker through and through, coming to us live from Omaha, actually. And I, I got to start with this. As a Husker, <laughs> Mike, you know you miss life in the Big 12. Come on, admit it. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I do. Yeah, no, I do. Like, I, the Big 10 was the right move from a financial standpoint. Um, and at the time, you got to remember when Nebraska left, there were serious concerns that the Big 12 was just going to be no more. Oh, yeah. So it was the right call, and I wish Nebraska would play Colorado and Oklahoma and Texas and, and mm-hmm. Kansas and basketball and football because it'd be a win generally every single year. <laughs> so I missed those rivalries, but it was the appropriate move at the time. Sure. I mean, look, I, I don't begrudge them at all. I know they're making a lot more money from the Big 10 network and all that, but – Nebraska doesn't fit in the Big Ten. And football-wise, all you'd have to really do is deal with Oklahoma down here as opposed to Ohio State and, and all of them. You'd, you'd have a shot down here in the Big 12. Come home. We don't care about don't West think, Virginia. I don't think it would matter um, with the way Nebraska football has been the past couple of years, what conference they were sure. in. They wouldn't have a shot against anybody. So, yeah, maybe there's an extra win in there. But, you know, Nebraska struggles in general against anybody they play anymore. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the Big 12 is just so Texas-heavy now these days. Who, who is your – like, is there a game now on the schedule where they say this is our rival for Nebraska? Yeah. Like, now that they don't yeah, play I mean, it, or KU? It's Iowa and it's, and it's Wisconsin. So, Nebraska used to play Colorado on, on Black Friday every year. Now they that's play right. Iowa. Except that's going to change for Minnesota for two years mm-hmm. for some stupid reason and then go back to <laughs> Iowa again. So, Iowa's the big one. Wisconsin is another one that you circle, but – it doesn't matter because Nebraska sucked so badly where those games, but 
it doesn't mean a whole lot generally. Those are supposed to be the ones that decide things, and it hasn't really decided a whole lot. Nebraska losing just about every time to those teams. Sure. Yeah, valid point. Uh, Mike Snow, keeping it real, like I said. He is of the Believe in Big Ten Bets show. Big Believe synergy here. I love it. All right. We are recording this on the Wednesday before, well, really before conference tournaments start in earnest. And we're about an hour or so out. I really didn't want to talk about this stuff. I wanted to leave it to the experts. But this is a college show, as I mentioned. And I got to get your thoughts when the news just broke about an hour ago from you and I recording that the NCAA will be keeping fans out, at least for the time being, of March Madness games. Just your initial thoughts, man. It's going to be super weird. I saw somebody posted a tweet of the, I think, uh, maybe, I don't know, the Butler Championship game where Gordon Hayward nearly made the, the buzzer beater three to, to be due, mm-hmm. uh, or whoever it was. And instead of the actual audio, they just played like a gym squeaking with like random claps in the background. <laughs> So it kind of gave me a sense of it, and God, it was weird. I don't know. Like, Omaha is hosting the NCAA tournament this year. They're hosting the first two rounds, and nobody's going to be able to go to it anymore. I was planning on being there going to it uh, at the DHI Center, but now it's just kind of like I'm still fine watching it. I'm glad I didn't cancel it, but it is going to be a very, very weird viewing experience for everybody. It's kind of interesting, too, if I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, no, it's going to be fascinating, and you're there in Omaha. That's in all likelihood, unless they change the actual sites, that's where Kansas will be going for their first two games. Yep. Well, hopefully their first two games, obviously. So what sort of effect, if any, or, or maybe we don't know, do you think this will have on the games that will have no fans? I mean, when you think about it, so if you're, depending on your seating, you get, a kind of, you get kind of the preferential treatment towards where you're going, and you get mm-hmm. to choose, all right, essentially we're going to be in this region because we're going to have a larger fan base. Like, I remember when Kansas was here, God, I don't know, three, four years ago, whenever it was, um, in the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, mm-hmm. when they were here, I mean, their fans were everywhere. I think Syracuse was in it that year, too, a couple other teams, but Michigan State, too, but it was overrun. Omaha was overrun with Kansas fans, so when you think of it like that, like, it would have been a relatively large advantage for Kansas to get a seat to play in Omaha, because it's so drivable for their fans and mm-hmm. you know they they would probably outnumber all of their fans three to one or something like that especially these first two rounds where you're going to be playing a 15 or a 16 seed so yeah, yeah i think there is it is going to affect kansas in those top seeds a little bit i don't think it's you know going to cost anybody a game i think that's just that's going to be an easy excuse for a lot of teams but yeah i think there's going to be a, at least a small impact getting used to for these players just shooting in a completely empty arena that generally holds yeah mike snow of the believe in big 10 bets show he's our boots on the ground in omaha telling us what's happening there in the town uh, it's, that is going to be weird right there in that stand that it's across from the college world series stadium right the the stadium yep, so they're playing. pretty much yeah they're about 100 feet apart pretty much it's actually pretty sweet if, you have, if you've never been go to both you get a chance to go to the college world series you gotta get to omaha for that and anytime yeah. there's a big event in omaha omaha just blows out no omaha's a a hidden jewel, a hidden jewel, right there in flyover country. Um, but let's get to what we probably know best, or at least we like to pretend, which is the product yeah. on the court. So it's a little bit hard. I mean, I I run the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. I follow the team every single game, all the news, all that. And sometimes it can get a little bit hard to see the forest, you know, when you're within the trees. So I want to get your national take, essentially, 
and you're you're not too far. You're in Nebraska from Kansas, but your national take on what you've seen on this Jayhawks squad here in 2019-20. Yeah, you know, especially coming from the Big 12, I just assume, even if I don't watch Kansas, what Kansas is going to be, and that's going to be a one, two, three, maybe a four seed if they have an off year. Um, and this year, I mean, it's the exact same thing. So, I mean, from a national perspective, when you're looking at the when you're looking at the country as a whole, you're trying to say, okay, where are those teams that have really separated themselves? And I mean, we saw however many number one overall ranked teams lose this year, and mm-hmm. Kansas happens to be one of them. It's, but at the end of the day, when you look at it, if Kansas is still one of those teams who's going to be the most popular pick to win the NCAA tournament, even though you know, they've had their struggles, they're going to be one of the more popular teams to make, make the Elite Eight, the Final Four, just because of what they've been in the past. And you could have, I mean, Joe Blow from Florida, who's in SEC country, you ask them about Kansas, and they're going to say, well, I just, I'm just i kind of going to assume they're a two-seed or a one-seed, whatever it's going to be, because that's what Bill Self is produced there so without knowing you know their starting five and only watching probably five six seven of their games this year it's just kind of par for the course for Kansas from a national perspective at least in the Midwest right now I know we're not too far removed from Kansas but from you know talking to my buddy who's up in New York right now my my co-host Ben Stevens is in New York mm-hmm. same way Kansas is always this juggernaut and at some point they're probably going to lose a game they're not supposed to lose in the NCAA tournament but them making a run at the Final Four in the, in the National Championship, I mean, that's generally expected, not just from Kansas fans, but from really everybody around the country when you look at that team. Hey, I've heard that Joe Blow down there in Florida knows his stuff, though. Really good he prognosticator. Does. He does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, really clever stuff. Uh, this is the voice of Mike Snow, and he mentioned it, his co-host, Ben Stevens, on the Believe in Big Ten Bets show. You can catch them. Uh, once a week as well for you guys? Yep. yep. Thursday. At Mike R. Snow on Twitter. And uh, like, like I mentioned, the show that you host is a betting show. It's a gambling show. How 2020 of you. So, and KU is the prohibitive favorite, as yep. you just mentioned, heading into this tournament. So, how confident would you feel placing money down on this Kansas squad? It's, it's just so tough because when you look at the NCAA tournament, like, this is the hardest thing to win in all of college sports. It's generally in Sports in general, it's right up there with, you know, uh, baseball and, and, and hockey, whatever you want to look at. It's one of the hardest tournaments to win, one of the hardest championships to win because it's such a crapshoot mm-hmm. on any given night. So you got to look at the team, at least when I gamble on this, I look at the teams who make a legitimate run, and I place a little bit of money there. And then you look at teams who are going to bring you a little bit of value as well. Uh, and I know we're going to talk about one a little bit later. It's great. Teams like that maybe just get hot at the right time and bring you some value to bet on. But, I mean, Kansas is one of the probably three or four teams I'm going to bet on. But the assumption, they're probably going to be in the Elite Eight at that point. It's really just trying to find as many teams in the Elite Eight that you're comfortable gambling on. So, I don't feel good about putting money on anyone in March Madness. It's just so hard to do. But Kansas is one of those teams where if you, you, know, you say, hey, gun to your head, choose three teams, four teams that you think are going to make the final four. Kansas going to be one of them so with that being said i think they're one of the better bets i suppose if you can find decent odds on them to win the NCAA tournament it's just it's just so hard to pick that right team sure sure no i absolutely i think the espn bpi or whatever their predictor is has them as the overwhelming favorite at 17 percent which yeah, is you know exactly. not a huge, 
at not a huge number as it is. So you host a Big Ten show. Let's move into Big Ten country. We may not like to admit it, but Nebraska is in Big Ten country. And the conference this year had truly incredible depth. A, a lot of really good teams, a team in Michigan that at the beginning of the year was, what, number four, number two, but they finished yeah. middle of the pack. And the conference actually even had a three-way tie for the title. But do you, Mike Snow, see any true title contenders out of the Big Ten Conference? That's the hardest part about this is, like, you look at the, you look at the rankings, and, yeah, the rankings are really nice. Maryland has been in the top ten consistently throughout the season. Michigan, like you said, was. Ohio State was in the top ten for a large portion. And mm-hmm. they finished the season. Wisconsin, what was done, Kobe King transfers to Nebraska. Everybody's thinking, all right, this team's, up. This team's done. What's Greg Arts going to do? He went coach of the year in the mm-hmm. Big Ten because of what he did in Wisconsin. Now is the number one overall seed. So I don't see a team that has separated themselves, and, and I can lump them in with the Kansas, with the Duke, with Gonzaga. Um, but if I had to pick a team that has the best chance to make a run at the national championship, I mean, it's Michigan State with Tom Izzo. Sure. It's, you know, what is it? John Rossi said he, he just replaces Marsh with Izzo. That's the, that's the name of the month for him, essentially. <laughs> um, so they're not getting a ton of credit. They've out of the top 25 for a little bit, which was absolutely insane to do. They've always been a top 25 team. They're a top 15, borderline top 10 team. They just have had their struggles this year. So that's the team I would look at say, you know, if the Big Ten finds themselves in the Final Four, it's probably that Michigan State squad. Uh, because Maryland, I mean, look at them, and they've been outscored in the first half. All Big Ten play. Mm-hmm. I think they're getting outscored by like four points in the first half Big Ten play, which is just insane for a top ten team to be doing. Uh, and I think they just lost by 13 to Michigan as well. So they have their problem. Wisconsin, I think they could be, you know, uh, a five seed who loses right off the bat in the NCAA tournament, depending on what happens. So, no, to answer your question, Charlie, no, I don't see a team that's going to win the national championship. If I had to choose one, it would just kind of default to Michigan State. Wow, I, that's that's pretty shocking. Is Rutgers going to make the, the tournament? I hope so. You know, I think they do. I think the Big Ten's going to get 10 teams in. When you look Whoa. at it, obviously Nebraska and Northwestern aren't going to be in. Uh, Minnesota's probably not in. Indiana, if they go on a run, they'll probably be in Purdue. If they beat Ohio State, they have a decent chance. They're, they're playing themselves on the bubble. Um, so I think they can get nine in. I think nine, eight or nine is safe to say. Ten is a very, very real possibility just because this conference is so deep. And could I see Indiana, who's currently the 11th team, beating Nebraska tonight, Thursday night at 7 o'clock, beating Penn State, and competing with Maryland? Absolutely. I, there's zero doubt in my mind they can do all of that. They can also lose to Nebraska tonight <laughs> with two football players on their basketball team. I saw. They have no one. Yeah. I mean, that's the Big Ten this year. So I would say eight or nine safely. And I think Rutgers, if they beat Michigan, they're going to be in the tournament for sure. By the way, for all of you, all the Jayhawk fans who are listening to this, obviously Big 12 fans as well, uh, Maryland, people probably knew this by now, coached by former Jayhawk Mark Turgeon. And then Nebraska is coached by old friend, uh, the mayor of Ames, Fred Hoiberg. He came from his sabbatical in the NBA. He is now in Lincoln dealing with Nebraska. And as you said, Mike, he has two football players on the roster for this tournament, which is crazy. Um, You you sort of took the words out of my mouth for my next question. Uh, Wisconsin, you, you mentioned, came out of nowhere to be the number one overall seed in their tournament. They've won eight in a row. 
And, and the other team that's red hot in the conference, Michigan State. They've won five in a row, tied for the lead in the Big Ten. And Cassius Winston seems to be on a roll. Do you believe that this is the team that we are essentially expecting or promised preseason when this was the overwhelming preseason number one? Yeah, I don't think they're quite that good. Uh, but, like, if, if Michigan State and Duke play tomorrow, or Michigan State and Kansas, for your example, play tomorrow, the line would probably be, you know, two and a half, three points, stuff like that. I don't think it'd be huge. Maybe four and a half, five somewhere. Yeah. Um, but this is a team that everybody respects, and whether they're 24th in the country, 15th in the country, or first in the country, no matter who they play, they're generally going to play up to their competition if they are even a little bit less talented than a team like Kansas. So, yeah, I mean, if, if, if Michigan State gets hot, stays hot like they have been, I mean, I think they can make a little bit of, run in, of, of a run in a tournament and take down, whether it be Kansas later in the round or, or whoever it might be. Mm-hmm. That opportunity is there, but no, I don't think if you're ranking them, if you're, you know, if you're ranking the top four teams in the country, Michigan State is not currently in that conversation, but they can definitely compete with those kind of teams. And just uh, can they do it after winning three or four games in an NCAA tournament as well? That's where the big question comes in. But in a one-game sample size, if you throw Kansas and Michigan State up against each other, I, you know, I, I'm watching that because I think it's going to be a good game, not because yeah. I think Kansas is going to take care of business. Sure. Michigan State currently ranked number nine in the nation, probably looking at about a three to four seed. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's a dangerous three to four seed you probably don't want to see on your side of the bracket. Uh, the, the next two questions I, I'm actually most fascinated with to get your take on it because us Kansas fans, we see Yudoka Azabuki and Devon Dotson every single game, and we see them as the best players on, you know, by all measurements right now up until we play the tournament, the best team in the nation. But the guy who's getting perhaps the most love and is the front runner for National Player of the Year is Iowa's hulking center with the big bushy caterpillar eyebrows. As I heard yeah. your uh, your co-host Ben Stevens put it on one of his other shows, uh, it's Luca Garza who I, I guess is putting up unreal numbers there in the Big Ten. What have you made of him? What do you make of his game? Is he your your pick for National Player of the Year? Well, what makes this guy so special? Coordinated. He doesn't make it look smooth. It looks really difficult for him to get around the court. <laughs> He's always got like a fat lip or like a, a cut on his nose or, or something going on. But the dude just knows how to play inside. He's got a little bit of an outside shot as well. He, the footwork's incredible. It, it, it's just like it doesn't look smooth. It's very like Hunter Pinty when he's out there. It's just awkward, but he gets the job done at such a high level. You can't argue with the numbers he's putting up. He's a huge body inside. Uh, Nebraska, I think they might have the youngest player in the country, 17-year-old or 17-year-old center. Uh, just get, he just got taken to school by Luke Garza twice this year. Huh. Uh, the guy just knows where to be, and he, he consistently makes huge plays for Iowa. So I, I don't know if he's going to end up winning uh, you know, the, the player of the year just because he doesn't like a sexy way. He's not throwing down crazy dunks, not shooting, you know, 45% three-point range, anything like that. But his numbers, you absolutely cannot argue with. He is one of the best players in the country. I don't know how it's going to translate to the NBA because, you know, he is slow, he is bulky. He's probably got to change his game a little bit. But right now, he is without question one of the best players in the country. It's tough 
to for me to take a you know a guess at where he's going to finish in the Player of the Year rankings, but sure. he is going to get plenty of votes. He's going to be high up there, and and honestly, as much as I don't like him because I hate Iowa, <laughs> I can't argue with the numbers he's putting up. I mean, he's a guy who's going to get you eighteen to ten every single night, and it's. There was a game where I think uh, the first game Nebraska played against Iowa, he had like three points in the first six minutes, and they ended up with you know 18 rebounds and, and 18 points or something like that. I mean, you think you're slowing him down, and then all of a sudden you look up at the at the box score, and he's got his 20 and 10 again. He he really is one of the best players in the country. And watching his development over the past couple of years, seeing him come in as this awkward, weird, goofy player to what he is now, it's really been incredible. I think you got to give Fran McCaffrey and that Iowa coaching staff a lot of credit for what they've done with him. Yeah, sure. Angry Fran McCaffrey in his stylish glasses. And if there was an award for most Groucho Marx type of eyebrows, Luca Garza would be the runaway favorite. Easy winner. His dad <laughs> has them too. He, he got them from his dad. So his father, I think it's Frank Garza, has the exact same eyebrows. Oh. Okay, I will do a quick Google search when you and I are finished. And by you and I, I am talking to Mike Snow of the Believe in Big Ten Bets show on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals, sir. All right, uh, I'm going to stray from the Big Ten really quickly here, but I am fascinated by this question and get your take because you are in the grand town of Omaha, or Omaha, and that is where a potential two-seed and a potential two-seed in Kansas's region will be residing. That is the Creighton Blue Jays, coached by also a former Big 12 coach, Greg McDermott. Um, what's the lowdown on Creighton? A team that shoots a lot of threes? That always gets Kansas fans nervous tournament time. Yeah, so I got to explain the dynamic between the Omaha and Lincoln. So I'm actually driving to Lincoln right now. They're 60 miles apart. Nebraska is in – the University of Nebraska is in Lincoln, Omaha, is where Creighton play. And the fans don't like each other. Mm-mm. They call uh, – if, if a Creighton fan is a Husker football fan, you're called a J-skirt, and that's a very bad thing to be called in this state. <laughs> uh, meaning, like, both you are supposed to choose – you like Nebraska, you like Nebraska basketball and football, but there are some Creighton fans who love both. And I, I understand. I hate Creighton personally. I'm a huge Nebraska basketball fan, huge football fan. I despise Creighton, but they are so good this year. It is incredible what they've done. They were picked eighth, I think, preseason in the Big East, and now that they want to share, or they are, they want to share of the, of the regular season title, and now are the one seed in the Big East tournament. So this is a team who beat anybody on any given night, but as is the case with every single three-point shooting team, they yeah. can lose to anybody on any given night as well. They also did lose uh, one of their players, Marcus Zagorowski, one of their better players, and he averaged 16 a game for at least the opening round of the Big East tournament with the meniscus injuries. So that's something to definitely watch if he's not able to get back anytime soon. And I don't think it's that serious. That's a huge blow for Creighton, and they are no longer a two-seed. They might still get that seeding, but they would not be nearly as good without Dick Rousey. So uh, it's, they're a very dangerous team. I mean, if, if they are playing well, they play well pretty much this entire season, then, yeah, they are a legitimate, legitimate two-seed. And like I said earlier, maybe a team you find a little bit of value in to bet on making a huge run in the NCAA tournament and getting the NCAA championship. Well, shoot. If they, if they drop for whatever reason down to like a three-seed? What was that? They could, and I mean, they absolutely could drop because they could lose their opening round game. But I've got you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Crane, Crane's a team who hasn't, they haven't made the Sweet 16 ever 
since it, it expanded over 60 teams. They just, they've never been there. They've always choked. Yeah. So I am praying for Creighton to choke again. I don't think it happens this year. I do think they get to the Sweet 16. But if that's a matchup Kansas rushed into, you're going to know pretty much within the first three or four minutes of the game if Creighton is going to be in it or if, or, or if Kansas is going to run away with it. Because if they start hot, Creighton has the ability to beat anybody in the country. Gonzaga, Kansas, Duke. It doesn't matter if they are shooting the ball well. Look, I mean, if the scouting report starts with lots of three-point shots – KU fans, myself included, they start producing diamonds with all the produ- with all the pressure down below. So I'll, I'll just put it that way. Uh, Mike Snow, I really appreciate you coming on, man, and I'll get you out on this as you are driving through the hinterlands of Greater Nebraska. It, actually, how is it out there? You, you're freezing your your nips off? No, it is, it's currently sixty five degrees right now. Oh. It's, uh, it's pretty. It's going to be like thirty two tomorrow, and then snow on on Friday. But yeah, right now. It's, Probably one of the nice days here. We'll get out there, toss a frisbee around, man. Um, (laughs) Make sure you listen to his show. He's the man. He and Ben Stevens do a good job on the Believe in Big Ten bets. Follow him on Twitter at Mike R. Snow. And because I do follow you, and because we are so close, that's why we haven't talked in like six years. um, I got to get your, (laughs) I got to get your thoughts on uh, the ending to Peter's journey to find love. I know you get a lot of grief from the people for watching that. I willingly watch that show i've been watching since caitlin's bachelorette season and i'm the one who roped in both my lady and i watched with my mom so what are you gonna do about that but man barb's something isn't she <laughs> yeah barb sucks man oh. are you kidding me barb is the worst and peter doesn't stand up to any lady all season long the first girl he stands up to is his mother i mean come on girl is fine he was dealing with drama i could go i could have a separate podcast about the bachelor i'm not oh, kidding i, um, I, I hear an idea I kind of do too. Uh, but he does all this crap through the season where he's just like rewarding drama. And then Barb comes along and says, hey, Hannah Ann's insane. I love her to death. She never did anything wrong, but she's just not as good as Maddie. He says, no, shut up. You know, I'm, I'm going with my heart here. It's, it's ridiculous how the whole thing ended. I absolutely hated it, but I loved every second as well. And by the way, the fact he didn't pick Kelly was the biggest indictment on him the entire season. Kelly was the clear winner. She had her shit together, everything. But no, you couldn't pick her. You had to go with Hannah Ann, who then we all know how, well, all of your listeners probably don't, but the majority of us know how that ended. Yes. Uh, it was a perfect way for this season to end, I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He had no idea how to go about the process. He, well, I mean, if you watched this season with Hannah B last year, he falls very hard. He's a very physical person. And oh, yeah. I mean, he and Maddie weren't going to last regardless. Uh, did you see what Barb said to her husband in Spanish last night on the interwebs? No. Uh-uh. So remember when Pete senior was just sitting there silently because his, you know, his junk is probably in Barb's purse next to him. Um, oh yeah. So, and she turned to him and, and was like, and Pete senior said the one thing he said the whole night. Um, she turned to him and in Spanish, I, I you know I don't speak Spanish, even though I'm from Los Angeles, but it was translated as saying, um, no, say something to back me up here. Say something bad. It's like, whoa, Barb. Holy intense. cow, Barb's the worst. I mean, I get it, though. Maddie's kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah, but she's better than Hannah A. I don't know. There was no, no like, right answer. <laughs> Hannah Ann <laughs> is... She's, uh... My she's heart is. Like she's like a little, you know, doll. She's like, what is she, 22? She's not ready for this crap. No, here. she's 23, and she just wants to be insta-famous. Let's be honest. That's really what it is. She was a model for Sonic, too, in one of their commercials. I saw ago, that. So. She was yeah, a model for Sonic. Weird, yeah. It was and just she, a weird season overall, and it ended 
did exactly how it should have been. It's just crap show that was the live finale. Well, can we uh, agree on this, that that music version is probably going to suck, but I'll watch. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I say I'm not going to watch it, but I'm definitely going to watch it. It's gonna be well, I'll watch. And I'm excited for Claire. I think Claire's journey to find love will be packed with excitement. She's going to talk down to some men. Um, I, I've done some research on Claire, and I'm pretty excited about her. Yeah, no, she's a... She's an animal. All right. That was, I bet our fans were not expecting that. They probably tuned it <laughs> off probably right not. after that. Um, Mike, I, I really appreciate it, man. Drive safe the rest of the way through. Uh, enjoy that sunlight. Enjoy the games. And uh, shoot, would love to have you on again, man. Maybe if it's Kansas versus Michigan State in the Final Four or something in front of zero fans, which I can't believe. <laughs> zero. Yeah, man. Anytime. I, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, if it's a Kansas Big Ten matchup, I'll have to do it again. No doubt, man. Take care. Talk to you soon. Yep. Later, buddy. All right. Really good stuff. Really. Thanks so much to Mike for coming on. Uh, Listen to their show, the Believe in Big Ten Beth show, as I I mentioned several times over the course of the interview. So kind of up against it now. The interview went a little bit long, but hey, we had to talk about Peter's journey for love. If you didn't watch The Bachelor, whatever. I have an eclectic mix of interests. Sue me. I don't really have any time, so I said I wanted to hate on the Big Big 12 All-Team Awards. Marcus Garrett on the third team is a gosh darn travesty. I really just wanted to hate on the fact that the coaches or whoever voted for this put Tyrese Halliburton, the point guard for Iowa State, on the second team. I'm not saying Marcus Garrett needs to be on the first team because it's kind of hard to pick and choose who you take off. I'd choose Christian Doolittle because he chokes against good teams. But... Actually, you know what? I looked up the numbers. Christian Doolittle, I went into it expecting that he chokes against good teams. But if you want to leave him on the first team, it's understandable. But for Garrett to be on the third team, it's laughable. Tyrese Halliburton will probably, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, be picked in the NBA lottery. But he hasn't played a game since February 8th. And in his one game against Kansas, and again, there's only two really good teams in the conference. You only have so many opportunities to prove yourself. He only scored five points. And he's the guy who's on the second team ahead of Marcus Garrett. Ridiculous. All right. Let me get out of here before I get myself tossed off the air and I say something inflammatory about this virus. Everyone stay safe. Wash your hands. The roads are crazy. Very clear. I saw a picture of the 405 freeway in Los Angeles yesterday, like 620. Generally, when it would be packed to the gills, there's like nobody on the road. It's dystopia out here. So stay safe. But apart from that, as always, rock chalk. Doggy dog and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make it.